We need to talk. The acclaimed Showtime original docuseries Couples Therapy returns with an addictive and revealing new season. Dr. Orna is back in session, helping four new couples grapple with real issues from religion and sex to polyamorous power dynamics. Collider says couples therapy is like nothing else on TV. It's break up or break through on the new season of Couples Therapy. Now streaming with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Visit ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm. That's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Sell order assessment fee not included. A limited number of ETFs are subject to a transaction-based service fee of $100. See full list at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about big D's. The biggest D's, specifically the the big D's that are on television. Yes, we love the big D's. We're talking today about the big D, USA's new dating after divorce show. The big D, I suppose, stands for divorce. And it is hosted by The Bachelorette's very own JoJo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers. Before we get into all of that, the show's concept, history, what we think about it, we just wanted to give a couple little Bachelor Nation news updates because there's been a lot going on, including the fact that Katie Thurston, former Bachelorette, is going to be one of the stars of the new season of F-Boy Island. This is huge. I mean, it's a crossover moment. I was completely shocked when I heard this news. I know. You're like, this is out of context. But then you remember, (laughs) F-Boy Island is a show that was created by former Bachelor EP Elon Gale. Like, I guess it makes sense, but it is giving me that feeling of when you're at a bar in New York and you see someone that you went to high school with. From high school. (laughs) In the Midwest. And you're like... No, you don't. They don't belong here. here. And then you're like, oh, no, people I went to high school with also still exist in the world. And sometimes they're in New York. And that's Katie. She's still out there. She's still ready to make a fun dating show. And sometimes that's F-Boy Island. So that's what she's going to do. So for those who haven't watched F-Boy Island, as we said, was created by Elon Gale. It's hosted by comedian Nikki Glaser. And the first two seasons aired on HBO Max. Uh, But it was canceled by Max in December, and the CW picked up the show, which we were delighted by because we both really, really love F-Boy Island. 
So season three is currently in production, and I believe it's set to air on the CW in the fall. And Katie is going to be one of the three women leads of the season. Yeah, the concept is like there are three women who are dating a pool of men who are half self-identified F-boys and half self-identified nice guys. The F-boys are just there to win the women's hearts so that they can win money at the end. The nice guys purport to be there for true love. And it's the job of the three female leads to weed out the F-boys and end up in a relationship with a guy who will not take the money instead of their hand at the end of the show. Um, So it kind of like gamifies the for the right reasons subplot of a show like The Bachelor. It turns that into kind of the overt focus of the show and makes it into like a little treasure hunt or anti-treasure hunt, garbage hunt. It's also less, or yeah, garbage hunt. It's also uh, a less earnest tone than The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, which I yeah. actually think could be almost a better fit for Katie Thurston's personality. Like, she has her hands in stand-up. This show is more of a collective comedy project. It's going to be interesting because we feel like we know her. And I yeah. we haven't had that experience with FBoy Island. Like, it's always just been people show up it's a completely blank slate. So I'm actually really interested to see what the dynamic is with her and then whoever else they cast. Yeah, I do think it could be a a good fit for Katie, who was definitely kind of an odd duckling in terms of Bachelorette history, which was one of our favorite things about Katie. But the Bachelorette is what it is, and it's not going to change just because the lead is not the usual cookie-cutter personality. So maybe FBoy Island will let her like lean into her her comedy side, her like sort of cynical side, her suspicious side. It is just like an interesting direction to go in the sense that like I think we would I, I would almost more expect to see someone be on like a fun, goofy, frivolous, like we're just all here to date. It's not really that serious sort of show. And then maybe go on a show that's more about true love. Totally. And to be like, I'm ready to really finally be vulnerable. And instead we've really seen Katie be like, I'm so vulnerable. Like I'm so open. I'm so ready to get engaged. I'm so ready to like bend my life around this person I've never met. And like we saw her do the the that ceremony where she was like, I need to release my insecurity that I'm not enough for Blake. And like, you know, all those like really <laughs> earnest, vulnerable things. And now she's going the other way and she's being like back to being fun and like judging guys on first impressions. F boys F five. F off. Honestly. F off. I'm really excited for this season. I'm excited, too. They did a fun little teaser with her that was released on social media where she's like, wait, F-Boy Island? What the hell? (laughs) And then it cuts (laughs) off. She knows. It's cute. (laughs) She's in on it. I mean, that is kind of the joy of F-Boy Island is that it's a bunch of sketches and everyone is kind of in on it. So hopefully... I mean, Claire, you will be on mat leave, I think, when this airs, but I definitely want to watch it and and talk about it once once it comes out in the fall. And congrats to to Katie. Yeah. It's it's exciting to uh to get to be on F Boy Island. I'm finally finally jealous. Um, of one of these people. <laughs> 
Uh, Speaking of wonderful things that have happened to women from the Bachelor franchise, two Bachelor U.S. contestants apparently found love on Bachelor in Paradise Canada, which filmed in June 2022, which I'm still trying to, like, figure out what's going on in my soup of a brain because (laughs) I sort of had the idea that it was filming, like, now. And apparently that was an entire year ago. <laughs> so um, I don't know what's happening. I think just because Charlene Joint, our friend who hosted the show, has been posting about it, um, because, of course, it's been on the air, I just got very confused about <laughs> what year it was and what's happening and how much time Look, has passed. It's, th- these things are difficult <laughs> to keep track of, um, and we just simply don't have the bandwidth or the VPN to be watching all of Bachelor in Paradise Canada. But I have heard such wonderful things. And we are so excited for Tessa Tooks, who is from Clayton's season. She fell in love with, like, Canadian cowboy Joey Kirchner. I believe that he was also on season one of Paradise Canada, uh, came back for season two, and really found love. They got engaged a year ago. They've had to keep it under wraps for a full year, and they are still engaged. And Tessa, who was living in New York City, moved to Toronto to be with Joey. They seem super happy. They're posting a lot of really cute like carousels of photos and videos. And yeah, I have never met Tessa, but I have met people who know and love her. And I've only ever heard like the most wonderful things about her. So sounds like this couldn't have happened to a more, a more lovely and deserving person. Yeah. And she, she was barely on Clayton's season, but she always struck me as someone who seemed just like too lovely and normal for the Bachelor (laughs) franchise. So um, it really makes me happy to see that she managed to, like, find her happiness in this wacky setting and now is engaged to uh, a guy who, as far as I can tell, brands himself as a disco cowboy and wore a Speedo a lot on the beach and seems incredibly uh, enamored of her. So... (laughs) We love that. We love, we love that for her. <laughs> Someone else, another familiar face who found love is Chelsea Vaughn from Matt James's season. She found love with a night one guy from Katie Thurston's season, Austin Tinsley, another American who was cast on Paradise Canada. They they met on the beach or at the lake. They met at the lake. Uh, and they are still together. And Austin moved to New York City to be with Chelsea. Oh, It's so sweet. They similarly are very beautiful and very cute yeah, and hosting very tall lots of great together. content. Yeah. Very tall. Chelsea's Chelsea's very, she's a literal model. Yeah. Very and he's, tall. he's very tall and they're just like being tall, tall together. And beautiful together. When I saw Chelsea's post about their relationship, I was just like, oh, that's interesting that she like is dating someone from the Bachelor franchise because that is how much I did not remember that BIP Canada was airing. And then I realized that they actually met on a Bachelor show. Joey Kirchner was just on BIP Canada. Like, it seems like he was never on another show. They cast differently for the Canadian franchise. They will cast just, like, new people on Paradise who didn't come off of... Also, like, people from American Bachelor and people from Bachelorette. Um, Canada, Bachelor Canada. Canada. 
Yeah. So they just do like a whole. They do like a whole soup. I mean, frankly, it sounds like the Canadian show is a lot more pleasant to film and be on. Um, I was just with Charlene and her husband last night and Andy was like greatest experience of my life. Cause he just got to be there like at the lake. They were, their rose ceremonies filmed at like 10 PM, not at 3 AM. Oh my God. I might still be awake at that time. Yeah. yeah. It sounded very humane and very lovely. And like everyone just had a really great time on the show. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone <laughs> posting like subtweets of production or Being like I'm severely traumatized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm interested to see what this means for the future of the U.S. franchise because I believe that the EP of BIP Canada was hired by the U.S. franchise mm-hmm. to be like a high up exec on on the U.S. show. And she and her husband, they're like a husband-wife team, moved to L.A. So maybe they're going to clean things up. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we'll there's see. just a sort of like wholesomeness that you have to be on a Canadian lake beach in order to experience where, which lake were they on? I didn't even realize where, where they were. Know. filming. Are they, were like, were they in like Muskoka or something? Let me see. Yeah. The Muskoka lakes shorelines in Port Severn, Ontario. That really is summer camp vibes. Like that is a place where you would. Yeah. It seems great. Summer camp. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, it would be really nice if if we could get back to it because I feel like the first season of Paradise US was a little bit more fun in that way. Like there wasn't this constant like we have to wring as much suffering out of each of these people as possible. There's just the natural drama that arises when people are trying to all date each other in bikinis and speedos. And that's enough. Like, this is just a relaxing, fun, pleasant show. And now it's, like, got to be two hours a night, twice a week, and 90% of it is sobbing. Everyone's weeping. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, honestly, I need a break. I would really love for it to be a little bit more just, like, chill and Chill summer camp. Yeah. I want that. Give me lovely love stories of people who are in stable enough relationships that even though they have to keep it secret for a full year, they're thriving. It is also kind of funny that, like, in the U.S., I feel like there's very little visibility of this show because you do have to have a VPN to even watch it. And most of us just aren't. Even as Bachelor professionals, we have not invested in that. And yet they have to keep it secret. And so then these couples just pop up at the end and they're like, we've been in a secret relationship. And we're like, OMG, why? Like, why didn't you just tell us? <laughs> that was I so unnecessary. Though, because no, like very few people watch in, in the States, VIP Canada. I feel like Chelsea and Austin probably were able to just like- Hang out in New York. Hang out in New York. Yeah. And go to dinner. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that Canadian audiences don't matter. It's just that in the Bachelor news sphere in the U.S., it just feels so, like, confusing why they're popping up being like, we've been together for a year. Here we are. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool. That's, that's so great. great I, I, it is. It genuinely <laughs> is so great for them. Um, yes. All the mazels to Tessa and Joey and Chelsea and Austin. We wish you well. So that's the quick little Bachelor news update. And now we're going to shift gears 
We're going to talk about the big D after the break. It's really just kind of a holistic look at the show, whether you've seen it, whether you're just like curious what it's all about. We're going to we're going to fill you in. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by so quickly. I can't believe it's already almost summer. And I actually have kind of accomplished a lot of my goals for this year so far. We now have like a pretty good routine for our family, which was like kind of ruining our life at the beginning of the year, having an extra kid in the mix, an extra school run. And I look back and I'm like, wow, we really like pulled together, figured out a way to make our household work as a team. And I just want to keep that energy going through the year, just like functioning at top capacity. When life goes so fast, it's important to take a moment and really celebrate your wins. And make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can really help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that just don't really help you speak a new language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, which personally I think is actually one of the sneaky, hardest parts of learning a new language. I used Babbel to brush up on some basic French before I went to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful to help me just get around the city and order food and purchase things without looking 
totally ignorant. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-T-S-I. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. And it's time to just take a big old chomp out of this big D that we're... (laughs) (laughs) Is that on brand for us, taking a chomp? I like it. Yeah. It's it's a little it's a little aggressive. it's like a little vagina dentata joke <laughs> exactly for yeah the people. yeah which <laughs> I identify with so let's talk about the big D the show concept is divorce based it's a show about a set of divorced couples who spend I think around ten weeks or two months together in Costa Rica trying to find closure with each other while also pursuing new connections with other people's exes in the resort. And the goal is to narrow the group over the season to one couple. (laughs) Narrow the group. (laughs) Narrow that group right on down (laughs) to one couple with a real shot at success in the outside world. So it is, you know, this concept around choosing a winning couple at the end, similar to like a Love Island situation. But that leaves a lot of lack of clarity about what the actual goal of each contestant is at any given moment. And we're going to get into that as we discuss the show. Yeah, the show doesn't know. (laughs) The couples don't know. The individuals don't know. We don't know. No one knows what they're supposed to be doing. But this show has had quite a journey to finally get to our television screens. It was originally slated to air last July on TBS, but just a few weeks before it was supposed to start, it was pulled. It was like one of the casualties of the Discovery Warner Brothers merger. They axed a bunch of shows, even ones that had been filmed, and the Big D was one of them. Yeah, it was part of the... Honestly, still ongoing great content extinction of the last couple of years. But The Big D was rescued from the dustbin of history by the USA Network. In May, it was reported that USA had picked up The Big D for a June 2023 premiere. And that is how we found ourselves finally watching this show that we've been looking forward to for so long. And then we thought it would never happen. And then finally, here it is. It would have been just truly such a shame if they just, like, had this fully made show and we never yeah. got to see it. It's actually really well, what's well, fitting for a show about divorce that, like, we were separated from the Big D and <laughs> its relationship with its network fell apart unexpectedly and it was so sad. It's but true. then it, it, it got another uncouple. shot at love with USA and because of that, we all get to experience it. And I'm so grateful. The The big D should not be contained. It shouldn't be hidden away. Free the D <laughs> free is the what D. I'm saying. USA free, is freeing that D right up. It packaged the show with another pre-existing couple-based reality show, Temptation Island, which airs in the time slot before the big D on Wednesdays. Um, excuse me, I think you mean hump day? Yes, it is hump day content. That is how they're marketing it. That's, that was not our joke. 
Yeah, there hasn't been that much humping yet, but I guess they'll get around to it. Maybe. Temptation Island does uh, this, the thing where they actually kind of... Temptation Island has a lot more humping. So much humping. It's basically <laughs> just couples who are still together who are like, I will never get to cheat if I don't do it now. Whereas <laughs> the big D is like, I can date anytime. Why would I do it while my ex is right here? <laughs> Because you need clarity and peace with your ex in yeah. order to move on, Claire. Every, That's why. Every reality show now feels like they need to have some sort of, like, scientific Therapy. justification for why this is a good idea. And so when th- the show starts, they're like, oh, the best way to be healthy and move forward and date <laughs> is with your ex there to help you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is not backed by research whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, oh god yeah the the mainstreaming of therapy culture is really really present and it is like therapy culture not like therapy not like no no, no. science fact research it's just the sense that like if you say something has a therapy adjacent reason then you just can't question that and, and it's like we're just we're here for a reason and it's really serious like it makes everyone buy in because you're like well this is about health yeah, they told me that this would make me better, so I'm doing it. I saw a TikTok that said that this was going to fix me, and so I'm doing it. And I'm pretty sure that they have no sources to cite on this actually being no, a healthier way not. to date. I think it's a- about as scientific as um, Love is Blind's pods are. Yeah, which, as we know, is surprisingly scientific, and it's an experiment that really works. Um, Thank you, Paul. <laughs> The hosts of the Big D, of course, are Jojo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers, the extremely not-divorced Bachelorette alums. I actually kind of would have loved it if they had found, like, an amicably divorced famous couple. Oh, my God. Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. Come on! the Big D. <laughs> it's right there. Call it the Big CU. The Big Conscious <laughs> Uncoupling. <laughs> Instead, we have Jojo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers, who were still just engaged when they filmed The Big D. Filming happened in early 2021. They are it's now been married. It's been so long. Yeah. It's, it's been so... I did some Instagram stalking, and some of these people have, like, very, whole new public, very serious relationships. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's been a while. They've all <laughs> moved on. Um, but they can kind of get away with this because there isn't a culture of, like, following these people and it was honestly yeah. it was expected that they would never it would never air for most of the year right um but jojo and jordan are guiding these couples through this process even though as far as i can tell neither of them has ever even been through like a high profile breakup jojo was pretty young when she was bachelorette and met jordan i think she was like 24 25 and they're just like still in the honeymoon phase with each other or so they so they seem to be on social media. So I'm like, I don't know what they have to do to with the aspirational. <laughs> they they're semi-famous. They yeah. are th- frankly, these two have decent hosting skills. That's they the at least thing. like they can host. They're both professional hosts at this point. Yeah. And professional TV personalities. They're very polished. And yeah, they're they don't have the same relationship kind of background as these couples, but they are aspirational in that. They are in a happy relationship. Exactly. I mean, I would rather watch the two of them 
host a dating show than Nick and Vanessa Lachey. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what about, what about Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow? I'm still, I would also watch. Yeah. Obviously. Gwyneth could fill the house with goop products. It would be incredible. Like tie in product placement for her. Yeah. And they would have a coterie of relationship experts to draw on from the goop (laughs) stable. Uh, The vibe of the show, sort of like Love Island meets Temptation Island. There is but less sexy than both. Less sexy than both. It is. And it's like a very staid, prudish Love Island, Temptation Island mashup. Because all of the people are in their like mid to late 30s. And they're all very concerned about upsetting their exes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Again, these people are divorced. They do have the option of going home and dating without their ex three feet away. So this more seems like something to get through for them (laughs) with, you know, causing minimal ripples and drama for themselves rather than like the one opportunity to go nuts, which is Temptation Island. Or for Love Island, it's like, we're all single, young, and 23. Why not just fuck around? Um, so right. the format is sort of Love Islandy. Temptation Island has that element of like, these couples already know each other and we're gonna like mine that for emotional trauma. But and also the result there is, a question is much of more. Like- yeah, the the vibe is very different. Yeah. I've never Ultimately. seen anything quite <laughs> like it. I I know that there have been shows uh with similar concepts to this like like X on the Beach, but I never watched X on the Beach. I feel like X on the Beach is a lot more sexy and dramatic than The Big D. Maybe because the people are I think usually younger on X on the Beach. Yeah, and I think that like Again, the therapy element is yeah, toning this present, down a lot. Yeah. Like, they're all thinking about how they need to find closure with their exes in order to move forward. It just doesn't contribute to, like, a high drama Right. No, it's atmosphere. very much framed as, like, this is a therapeutic process for you. Yeah, which is, like, kind of the worst of both worlds in a way. It's, like, not going to be effective healing for any of them. And also, it does tamp down on the drama, because they're all like, oh, if I'm too dramatic with my ex, I'll get eliminated. Which is, you know. True. Probably the healthiest thing that happens on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> should we talk about the cast? Yes, let's do it. We have six couples to start the season. Ariel and Blair are our first couple. They were friends first. It seems like they met when they were pretty young. But it didn't blossom into a romance until he started working out and got hot. Because he was scrawny before, and that was he was a little nerd. But then he got really hot. Yeah, that's why. That's why you got to go. You know, alpha up, men. You know, (laughs) get pumping that iron. iron. (laughs) Uh, They were married for, for over four years. They divorced, as we learn weirdly late into the show. After he cheated on her. Initially, this is framed as like they divorced because Ariel just wanted to be an influencer and move to Los Angeles. And then like three episodes in, we learn that like he did cheat on her. And that's why she moved and to LA. And that's why she moved. 
Very bizarre framing. Their whole intro package is just like, after a couple years of marriage, Ariel really changed and she was all about influencing. And then she moved to LA and that really devastated me. And we were like, where no does men- the cheating <laughs> fit into cheating. this? Um, but no, he cheated on her. Ariel moved to LA. He stayed in their hometown. And the twist here is that uh, Ariel wants Blair back. She is like over the cheating. She's ready to make things right. And Blair is done. <sighs> Blair is uninterested in engaging with Ariel on any sort of romantic or he, even he, like friendly level. He doesn't seem to want to speak to her. Yeah. It's incredible. He he sees himself as the victim in this situation. Very much so because she moved and moving she moved. is kind of the ultimate betrayal. He is also like the conventional haughty husband of the house. He is. He's attractive, man. He's just like very chiseled, body handsome face, great, thick, dark beard, like, just like out of a magazine kind of looks. The handsome man. Ariel is clearly very disappointed that no other option in the house would be, like, an upgrade for her. She's like, my husband is the hottest one. It's so unfair. Honestly, that's rough. She, I'm so sorry to Ariel. She is an influencer, so she is also a conventional hottie. She does dance videos. She wear, has pink hair. She's uh, very, very striking looking. Then we have Casey and Brooks. Casey and Brooks were married for two years. After he started a business, their marriage took on a lot of stress. Casey felt like he was absent. She felt like the sex was a chore. He wasn't able to kind of show up for her. He was really focused on money and on making the business succeed. And so they split. When they arrive in Costa Rica, it seems like Brooks is intent on getting Casey back. And Casey is like, I would like to move on. She's intent on offloading him to someone else with big (laughs) hits, ideally. Casey is the, like, tiny little, like, everyone gets along with her. She's a huge personality. Extremely outgoing, extremely gregarious. Extremely outgoing. And then, of course, the flip side of that is that she can be kind of cruel in this sort of way where she just says what she's thinking about Brooks to everyone, and it's not always kind. So it definitely seems like she is the one that everyone gravitates to the quickest, but yeah. it's it, she's she's also kind of like a handful. Brooks, no one is gravitating to. Brooks is just waiting for Casey it's, to pay attention it's to sad him. And pathetic. It's rough. He he really wants her back. She's completely just like find someone else to sleep with. It's not going to be me. Alexis and Devin were married for a year. They split. It seems like Devin had some anger issues. And also, he was always fighting with her mom, who liked to, like, meddle in the relationship a little bit. Seems like they need some, like, actual family therapy. Yeah. From a professional, not a television show. No, I think this is a really healthy setting for them, and it's going <laughs> to fix everything. They they do seem still extremely focused on each other. I think this is the only yeah. couple that we see where neither of them shows that much interest in, in anyone, else. anyone else. They're more... 
and they're they're there's a push pull dynamic like they're they're constantly either sniping at each other or opening up to each other and being like i still love you it's a flirtatious sort of dance that they're doing and it does not involve anyone else <laughs> no it does feel like if there is going to be a couple in all of this who gets back together it will be them yeah Didi and Takur, uh Oof. yeah they were married for just a year and a half. They met on an app and they split because Takur, during that year and a half, found time to just constantly cheat on Didi. I'm a little confused about how long they were dating before they got married. So I looked into this a little bit. I found out weirdly a lot of information about them that was not on like the show. Like the fact that there are children? Yeah, they, they are both parents. They have yeah. They each have a son that they took into the relationship. And I think they met in 2015. So they were probably okay. together for not even that long before they got married. I was very startled when I looked on both of their Instagrams and I was like, oh, they each have children. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, this was not mentioned. <laughs> they each have one child and yeah, it does not come up at all, which makes it, even a little bit not as devastating as it probably was in reality that Takur is such was such a dirtbag to Didi. Like imagine like introducing Ugh. your son and then like you meet his son and you become a family and you blend your families and then he's like an aggro asshole. Yeah, who is like cheating on you constantly. Like she Ugh. ends up ended up filing for divorce after she found a box of condoms. And, and he cops to all of this. He's yeah. like, yes, I did do all of that. He's I like, was I horrible. was addicted to cheating on her. And he is also a fitness enthusiast. He is extremely, like, built, like, bodybuilder he's, style. And he's really gotten a lot more built since then. Really? Have you looked at his Ugh, Instagram? No. It's terrifying. It doesn't seem possible. I, I'm not very well versed in the bodybuilder sort of community, Well, he's, he posts a lot of, like, transformation things, and he looks just like... Yeah. All, I almost didn't recognize it. He's, his hair is also much more bleached. Yeah. But he's even, like, more extremely, extremely <laughs> built and chiseled. He's yeah. also in, in a new serious relationship that is with a woman that's all over his Instagram. Uh, DD is model beautiful and extremely soft-spoken and sweet. I feel like she's our classic, like, sweet girl next door romantic heroine. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. The, the very much the, like, you're too, you're too good for him girl. Like. She is. But she is, she is so good that she will say things to him. Like, I just want us to get to a healthy place where we can be friends again. And I'm like, why why do you feel Why? that you owe him your friendship? Also, like point? maybe it would be a lot healthier for you if you were, did not have this person yeah. in your life at all. But it seems like she has made the huge like step to say we're definitely not getting back together. She's setting that boundary. She's like it's over between us. Takur still wants her back when the show begins, and he is completely fixated on her. Allie and Mims. Our next couple, Mims, is a former NFL player. I believe, like, an offensive lineman. Allie basically is, like, I was, like, his girl in Dallas or something. Like, she is just one of the women that he is seeing and hooking up with. They weren't exclusive. But 
they got married because she was pregnant. And they stayed married for four to six years. Again, the children, like, don't really come into it. We know that there was at least one pregnancy, but they clearly don't want to get into the messiness of divorce with kids. So they just kind of pretend that the child just isn't there. Like, it's never discussed. It's never like, how do you handle co-parenting? Yeah, zero (laughs) questions about it. Did you have more kids? Truly, like, (laughs) like, it didn't even stay with me that these two got married because she was pregnant. Like in my mind, I was like, none of, I guess none of these people have children. Right. Exactly. Cause it never comes up. And that's such a huge part of healing from a divorce. If you have divorce is like, especially if you and like, do you have shared children? Do you have children that got attached to right. your partner that you now have to separate them from like that? Maybe it'll come up later in the season. I don't know, but it certainly it's very bizarre. It. it almost is like she said, oh, we got married because I needed health insurance. Like, it just doesn't, it's like a condition that occurred where they needed to get married, but it had nothing to do with, like, children or family. Right. But they ended up staying married for four to six years, depending on who you believe. I also read an article that said they were married for five years, so I guess they just averaged those out. Yeah, who knows? But they divorced because of Allie's infidelity. Seems like she hooked up with her ex. They both get eliminated quite quickly because they could not be less interested in dating anyone, including, like, each other. (laughs) Allie even at one point admits to one of the other women that she's not attracted to anyone in the house, including her ex. And she's like, I wasn't attracted to him before we got together. And I'm not attracted to him now. And there... Or anyone else. Yeah. It's just like, okay, well, then I guess maybe you shouldn't be here. As long as they're on the show, their functions are for Allie to kind of comment on other people's drama with their exes. And Mims just, like, naps and avoids people. Yeah, Mims, it's like all the dudes like him. That's his role. He seems seems perfectly likable. Yeah. Um, But... Jillian and David. Jillian and David... These two ended up occupying roles that I did not see coming. Yeah, they were a curveball. Jillian and David were high school sweethearts. They've been together for like 16 years. And they were married for four of those years. But they split after the pandemic. They both lost their jobs. They were home all the time. Money was an issue. And it put a lot of pressure on their relationship. So David just moved out. And eventually, like, swung back around and was like, should we work on this whole marriage thing? And she's like, no, you left me. We're getting divorced. We're getting divorced. So he comes into this experience really wanting to work on their marriage. They're technically over marriage and get back together. And Jillian is sort of like, I still care about him, but, like, I feel nothing that would lead me to get back together with him. She's like, I'm just dead inside. And then this basically immediately changes. Immediately reverses. With, within we'll get episode into, one. We'll, we'll get into that. It is we'll get into it. very confusing how some of these reversals happen. And theirs is the peak confusing yeah. reversal. <laughs> we also get some newcomers as the season goes on. We get um, some single divorcees who enter to replenish the house after eliminations. Most notable so far are Dean, an extremely smooth guy. <laughs> whose marriage ended because he didn't want to start a family yet. And Angelique, a very flirty, outgoing blonde who was married for 14 years. She is ex-Mormon. She got married when she was 20. 
and they both kind of serve. They 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 give sort of the same energy. Like they're very they like gregarious. The they're very like yeah. They're putting themselves out there. Their exes are not initially there, although it does seem clear that they are going are to be coming. brought into the house. Um, so they're just there to like have fun. They're there to mix things up, have fun, get people actually dating. Yeah. They're both extremely flirtatious. They're ready to like go out. Yeah. Um, and it, it's energy that the show needs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dean is like the guy who immediately grabs every woman's attention and then nothing ever seems to really stick. <laughs> which um, I'm I'm curious. I want to, like, get more Dean almost because he keeps, like, being on a date and someone's all about him and then he just, like, drops off the radar and it's not really explained why that woman is now going after someone completely different. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I, I do think we're going to get more Dean when his, when his ex, ex comes. comes in, comes yeah. into the house. I find him sort of off-putting because he's very, like, the kind of guy who seems like he would come up to you at a club and start, like, dropping a ton of lines on you. Yes. And you would feel uncomfortable I'm, trying to extricate yourself from the conversation. <laughs> I do wonder if it is the kind of thing where, like, his energy is such a breath of fresh air when he comes in that every woman is, like, it's easy to talk to him. It's not, like, pulling teeth. I can, like, have a conversation. He's, like, attentive. He's looking at me in the yeah, eye. he's funny. But then you're just he's, like, this is manufactured and too much. Yeah. And so then you just move on. It feels like he's more just, like, running game a little bit. Yeah. On that note, let's take a quick break. We'll be back to talk more about the process of this show, the therapeutic process that they all go through. Can you keep up? I like love it. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Protein Plus, and keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. I love that. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I don't know about the rest of you, but sometimes when I'm having a busy day, like, I don't know, every day, and I'm just <laughs> running around trying to finish work, trying to deal with daycare pickup, I actually can forget to make time to feed myself something that is actually good for my body, something that isn't just my fifth granola bar of the day. And that's where Factor really comes in and offers me a nice balanced meal that tastes great, that has vegetables, that has protein, that has all those things that I can't find just by grabbing a snack out of my cupboard. And it's really such a game changer. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I am someone who has reached the ripe age of 36 and still has no idea how to pack effectively. I am always a stress case, just standing <laughs> over my suitcase, trying to pack for my next trip. And, you know... 
Sometimes I need help. That's when we realize we need to say hello to Quince. It's your new go-to for high-quality vacation essentials you'll be packing for years to come. Oh, they have such good stuff, like premium European linen dresses. Just think about walking along the water in a linen dress. Yes. Or a blouse or shorts from $30. Linen. Did I mention Mm, linen? Yeah. Also washable silk tops, premium luggage options at incredible prices, and so much more. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I personally have been absolutely obsessed with the Quince all-day neoprene duffel bag that I got. I have been using it constantly. It's perfect. It's so cute. It fits so much. It even has like an extra place for your keys and wallet. It just makes everything easy. Cannot recommend enough. Pack your bags with high quality essentials with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash L-T-S-I. And we're back, and it's time to talk about the process, the yes. very scientific fact. The, the treatment by, plan. The treatment plan. <laughs> it's very important for your yeah. health. JK, JK. <laughs> um, that these couples go through. So... They all have to like share rooms, of course, with their exes. Of course, they have like two. At twin least it's beds. not their siblings. I'm permanently yeah. scarred by dated and siblings related. Siblings have to sleep in the same bed. Yeah, that's yeah. creepy. As Nothing well. else. No, this will is, seem as creepy. They to also me after at least that. get like separate beds. It's yeah. like two twin beds that are very close together, and the rooms are all decorated with their old wedding photos. <laughs> so it's mean. So mean. It's very weird to be like. <laughs> This is therapy. This is good for you. What's really good for you after you've been divorced (laughs) is to look at wedding photos and share a bedroom with your ex. That's yeah. You just have to romanticize the relationship that, for fairly clear reasons, you both decided to end and actually went through the legal process to end. But remember the good old days. There's something about the um, there's only one bed or there's only one bedroom trope that like. It only works in fiction. Like, in a romance (laughs) novel, sometimes it's very sexy and fun for it to be like, oh, no, there's only one bed. But um, in real life, that creates a feeling of unsafety and uh, emotional creepiness. Like, some of these people were in really toxic relationships that, like, continue to have very, very bad harmful dynamics for them and they're being like forced <sighs> to share intimate quarters with it's, it's the person who's like kind of abusive very to them. dark yeah it's very dark especially for a couple like dd and Takor. yeah no i've been really like Nervous. i don't think that dd should have to share a room with him i don't think that Takor should be on this show like yeah. i think we'll get into we'll it we'll get into but... it Takor has has issues so They share the rooms, and then each week they complete a challenge set by the hosts, of course, JoJo and Jordan. And our expert, Dr. Jada Jackson, our relationship, JoJo and Jordan are like, this is our favorite relationship expert. Like, they're just like, we have a panel that we call up upon 
if we need any help in our relationship. But Dr. Jada. Dr. Jada's the She's the one. And then the two winners of each challenge get to invite someone on a date, and the couples that go on dates are saved from elimination that week. So here's a great example of a challenge from the first episode. The first challenge is for the women to, like, formally present their exes to the other contestants. Like, it's like a cotillion, and they're like, welcome to society, David. (laughs) And he takes a bow. (laughs) This ends up being a very weird challenge for a whole host of reasons. First of all, like, the women are essentially being judged on how well they can sell their exes to other women. Like, if you're healthy, if you're healed, if you've moved on then you will be able to positively portray your ex to other women because you will want the best for him in his future. I love the idea that, like, evidence of being healed is, like, you will be so thrilled to facilitate a new sexy partner for your ex-husband. Like, I guess sometimes, but, like, not necessarily. And Like, sometimes you could be healed, but also just be like, this person shouldn't be in my life. It's not really healthy for either of us. And I wish him the best over there. I wish him to become a better person so that he's safer for his next partner. Like, if your ex treated you like garbage, is it really a sign of health to vouch for him to other partners? Like, if your abusive partner's new girlfriend comes up to you... And is like, tell me about your relationship. Is it You're like it is, was perfect? Is it only That's healthy to <laughs> is it only healthy to present him in a good light? Like he's not a good partner. Why do you have to pretend to other potential victims of his that he's a good partner? Like Dee Dee immediately just basically starts breaking down when she has to do this. Yeah, like what's she supposed to say? This is my ex. We got married. I entrusted him to be my son's stepdad, and he cheated on me with, like, every woman he met for a year and a half. That I mean, that doesn't sound good, but it is also the truth, and it's something True. that other women might like to know before they enter a relationship with him. Yeah, seems relevant. So that's one thing that is weird about it to me. Like, maybe you got divorced because your ex is actually kind of a shitty person, and you shouldn't put, like, try to encourage other women to do that to themselves. That's not necessarily a sign of health to me. The other thing is that even if your ex isn't, like, an objectively harmful person, you might still have feelings. You have gripes. You might still have gripes. And that's okay. You're divorced. You're allowed to have those gripes. <laughs> so the other women are torn between, like, wanting to do well at the challenge by selling their ex really well and wanting to make him look bad, either out of bitterness and unhealed resentment or because they're still in love with him and they don't want competition. Like, Ariel is like, I kind of want to throw out some red flags so that the other women don't, like, come after Blair. And so I guess that's the thing. You have to be totally impartial to your ex. You can't hold on to any gripes and you also can't still have an interest in him because both of those things will trip you up in this challenge. And this is why Casey thrives at this challenge because she's like, please, someone else have sex with my ex-husband. Dear Lord, please, please, please. Also, like, multiple women use the line, the bills are paid, to describe their exes. And I'm like, yikes. That is... (sighs) I guess that is what... uh, 
we're told men need to bring to a relationship. And uh, if they can do that, that's enough. But it kind of, it, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. I can't lie. <laughs> like, ladies, take this man. He will pay the bills. Okay. <laughs> he will also cheat on you, but... Yeah, whatever. He The bills will be paid. It's also obvious to me that this is a challenge for the women and not for the men. Yeah. The men just have to stand there. The women are the ones who have to create this presentation of their acts to other women. But this is presented as like a huge twist at the end of the challenge where they're like, you thought the men were being judged, but we were actually judging the women. And I'm like, yes, obviously. I think that everyone kind of knew that. They all act very shocked, though. And I think Jillian and Casey win this one. Yes. Uh, They were the ones who were best able to either swallow their their resentment or not have any because they totally don't care anymore. Other challenges include, like, texting anonymously with the men to intrigue them. And I can't even remember what else. Like, dan- just dancing dan- around oh, the right, living dancing, room. Dancing, dancing. Um, the, the challenges are... Weak. They could use some work. Weak sauce. But yeah. I appreciate that they're trying. I do, I do appreciate when a dating show has some challenge-based elements. Same. It needs a little structure. It keeps things going. You at least can track where you are in a given week or episode, you're like, okay, yeah. it's going to be a challenge. There's going to be dates. There's going to be an elimination. Like, yeah. I like to, I like a clear structure. We, we, we're, as humans, we crave routine. Each week, someone is eliminated. So usually it's like, if the Bounces women, back. the women are competing and the challenges, then it's the men who are vulnerable to elimination and vice versa. Um, Except for when they just randomly decide one woman and one man are going home. Right. Yeah, That that's the thing. They just do whatever the hell they want. Um, and <laughs> after there's an elimination, a new divorce single is brought into the house in order to kind of refill the... Because it's only six men and six women. I was like, how are they going to keep eliminating no, people? You, you gotta, you you gotta, gotta bring, bring in people some in. Fresh I assume at a certain point they will stop and really just start winnowing yeah. the pool. But for We're now... We're still on the uphill climb now. Yes. We're seeding the the field. So there are some standout dramas, but I, I do have to say that, as we touched on before, it is lower in drama than I expected. Yeah. And I it's think, a much more placid watch than I think the name and marketing uh, yeah. would have you think. Well, and I think, yeah, you assume that, like, oh, you bring in these already emotionally fraught relationships and you put a lot of pressure on them it'll be explosive i mean temptation island is just like absolute wreckage every season like immediately and it just continues at that velocity the whole time this is much more low-key so the dramas tend to be a little smaller but the other thing is that I find that the drama is like hard to follow at times because they don't seem to unfold in an organic way. And I can't tell if this is like a a problem with editing or with how well they're yeah. following them all around or how well they're producing them to articulate themselves or have these conversations or if it's like 
a weirdly scripted show where they're all just like manufacturing drama because that's how it feels sometimes because it'll just be like, oh, I've completely changed my mind about something and we don't really understand why or where that came from. To me, it did feel like a production and editing issue where it's like they could have set things up, I think, more effectively in order to let, like once you are in the editing process, you know the story you're trying to build. And that is a real skill to make that cohesive with the footage that you have. So yeah, it could be a matter of they didn't get all the footage they need. It could be a matter of they didn't do all the interviews they needed to do, or it just could be like they're not editing it that well. But yeah. I, I, it felt less than it was manufactured and more that it just like wasn't put together as well as it could have been. I mean, to me, I assume that's what it was because that seems like the Occam's razor answer. But there were definitely moments that felt extremely manufactured to me. Like when when um, Ariel suddenly is like, now I'm ready to move forward and like, I am completely over Blair and I'm excited to make a new connection. And I'm like, that just seems like she decided that that was the twist her character needed to take at this moment. Because while she did have a conversation leading up to that with Blair, it just didn't really seem sufficient to me to... to like, change your whole outlook. Right. This, like, well, like, d- this long-standing attachment you have to him, this, like, very clear intent that you had this whole time running up to it of, like, trying to get back together with him. It just, like, felt inauthentic And I assume that it is on the level of production and editing, but it just, like, sometimes I was just like, wait, are you just making shit up now? It fell flat. (laughs) And because we're following all these different threads, it is imperative on editing and production to make sure that we understand which threads we're supposed to be following and what those arcs are. And if someone's, like, emotional state just wildly changes episode to episode, or you've set up these couples to be like, David really wants Jillian back. And then within like, like halfway through episode one, he seems indifferent to her and she seems hung up on him. It's like, well, why did you make such a thing in the intro? Yeah. Or can you feel that way? Like, can you give us more or better footage from them? That explains where this shift came from. So you either need to cut out the first thing because that's actually not a relevant arc or you need to make it clear that something really changed. And this is why and this is why we should care about it. Yeah, because in David's intro, he's basically like, I'm here like crawling on my belly. Like, I just want to really make things work with us. That's why I'm here. I want to work on our marriage, which he talks about like almost as if they're still together. And so then they get to the first challenge. When she wins, she immediately sulks because the other winner, Casey, chose David for the date. And Jillian's like, I was going to choose David. Why were you going to choose David? I thought that you were like dead inside when it came to David. And suddenly, at this point, Jillian flips a switch and seems completely consumed and preoccupied with David. And she has zero interest in anyone else right she basically like turns to Devin and uh, like half-heartedly is like do you want to go on a date and then all we see from their date is her talking about David and and David (laughs) turns into the house hottie because I guess he's that like approachably cute guy it's like he's so he seems so gettable that everyone's like 
Yeah, he's for me. I think he's the best combination of good vibes and good personality and, like, approachable attractiveness. Like, I think the yeah. Blair is obviously the most conventionally hot, and he's very he's more reserved. And I think also a lot of his energy is expended kind of, like, fending off Ariel. <laughs> and he just doesn't seem very approachable, I think. David is, like, funny. He's cute easy in this dad bod to. way. Yeah. Takor just seems like a angry meathead. Mims and Devin are both preoccupied with their previous relationships. Like, David is the one who's just, like, left, basically, as, like, a good option. And all the women are just like, David, I think. And he, it's like he never had the thought about working on his marriage with Jillian. It simply is never referred to again. Never. And he's just like, wow, all these hot women want me. Yeah. I'm amazing. I'll take them all. It's incredible. He, he. <laughs> I don't think he also recognizes that he's having like a little bit of like big fish, small pond situation where yeah, most of the other men like, just don't seem like viable it, options for most of the Enjoy it while it lasts, David. <laughs> he's the, I probably too would go after David. He seems like well, that's the thing. Likeable, pleasant, in, funny. I exactly. Yeah, You'd, I'd like be into Blair physically, but then I'd be like, I mean, he's just so hot and. Doesn't seem that fun. Yeah. And then I'd chat with David and I'd be like, well, I'm sure no one else wants David. This is, <laughs> it's me. This is a I'm, terrifying window into our <laughs> our dating approach, uh, our psychology around dating. But it's true. I think he does seem very approachable and he's very fun and he is cute. And it's, yeah. he, all the other women are he's suddenly cute, approachable. interested in he's him. Op- he's open to dating. And then, yeah, also I think like once, a couple women show interest, then everyone's like, David. Yeah. I didn't think about David. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he becomes, like, the high-status guy that they're competing over. And Jillian, it doesn't even seem clear to me that she necessarily wants him back. Like, she wanted to ask she him on the not. date. She's always wanting to ask him on dates. But... She doesn't want anyone else to date him. Yeah, she seems more interested in, like, policing the validity of other women's interest in him. She wants to, like, be a gatekeeper to David. Yeah. She's like, this woman's not good enough for him. I don't trust her. Yeah. And none of her feelings seem to, like, be based in anything real. Also, like, it to me, she seems like a prime case of someone who would really struggle in this setting, actually, because the way that they broke up is basically just that he left. And while he was gone, she was like, I guess we're getting divorced. And so they didn't really have, like, on her that, side like, at least, a separation that was rooted in, like, how it was when they were together. They broke up because so they were apart. And now that they're back together, I'm sure she's like, wait, this is so comfortable. This is my person. Yeah. yeah I think it's, and they also met in high school. So there's like such 16 a. 16 years together. Yeah. A yeah. really deep well of history and comfort. It just doesn't seem like a healthy setting. Yeah, Jillian immediately starts floundering. David immediately starts, like, strutting around, being like, oh, I'm really drawn to Angelique. But, you know, Casey is so funny. And Ariel's really interesting. And, like, okay, David, enjoy yourself. Dee Dee, who's who's been, like, going on dates with Blair and Takur is still obsessed with her. Suddenly she's like, David... Yeah, is there a woman who isn't trying to get... I mean, I think the only women who don't try to get with David are the ones who are 
only interested in their exes. Yes, correct. And, or in no one at all, like Allie. (laughs) So David turns into the house hottie, and (sighs) this quickly brings out tension. Uh, When Angelique arrives, she and David really quickly gravitate together. Before that, Ariel had been trying to connect with David. He was really interested in her. But it seems like this is not well represented on screen, but we do hear it from a lot of the people on the show that Ariel is still really fixated on Blair. That's who she's talking about. She's not really opening up to David, even though she's spending time flirting with him and talking with him. It's not really seeming like a genuine connection to a lot of people. But then Angelique comes in, she and David really hit it off, and Angelique ends up spending the night with David almost immediately after she arrives. She, like, gives him an aloe rub down for his, like, blazing sunburn (laughs) on the bed in full view of everyone because they didn't, like, really close the curtains between their room and the living room where everyone else was hanging out. And Ariel's really upset. She's like, girl code. Like, everyone knows that I'm into David. Then Angelique finds out that Ariel's upset. And she, like, shit-talks Ariel to the rest of the group and is like, Ariel should be the one to go home this week because she's not really even trying to make another connection. She's still so fixated on Blair. But at this point, Blair and Ariel have, like, made peace. They've they formed a truce. And so Blair takes enormous offense to this and backs up Ariel and gets very defensive of her and becomes Angelique's, like, number one enemy within, like, five seconds. Oh, yeah. It's wild. <laughs> and, like, it's it, the sickness that I have. Part of me was like, oh, that's so sweet. He still cares about Ariel. He doesn't want her to be targeted by this hot woman. Because <laughs> Angelique does seem to be sort of, like, campaigning for the men She's to campaigning. eliminate. She's campaigning for the men to eliminate Ariel. And I think that this really rubs Blair the wrong way. He has become close with Dean, who previously went on a date with Angelique. And Dean also decides that he hates Angelique. Yeah. It's unclear why. It seems like a lot of the people are just like, yeah, Angelique's being kind of annoying. But like, she is really connecting with David. And Ariel doesn't really seem to be connecting with David. David is more into Angelique. Yeah, but Dean is also, like, riding the anti-Angelique train at this point. And to me, I was like, this is just because Dean is annoyed that Angelique initially was really pursuing him. And then out of nowhere, to me, dropped him and started going after David. So fair enough. He doesn't want her around anymore. I guess that's, that's fair. David seems initially concerned that Angelique is rubbing people the wrong way. But then very quickly, he's like, well, on the one side, I have some of my friends in the house. And on the other side, I have this hot blonde who wants to make out with me and rub aloe on my tomato red sunburn. So so I think I'm going to go with her. I'm going to go with the hot blonde. I, what do you expect from me here? Yeah. Ultimately, Ariel does end up going home. Yeah. But the arc of her relationship with Blair is another one of those confusing reversals. When she comes in, she's basically like, I'm not over Blair. I just want to get him back. I just want to heal what went wrong in our relationship. And she's really upset a lot of the time because he seems completely over her. He's very cold to her. He's not reacting to her. And he says 
like in front of the whole group, like we're not going to be together. You need to move on. You need to show these other men that you're interested in them. It's yeah. very embarrassing, she, like, understandably at for an, her. At an elimination, basically, is like, we're saving you this week, but you really need to like stop following me around. It's over between it's, us. It made me feel really sad for her. And she has a really, I mean, she's humiliated. It is humiliating. Yeah. So she has a, like a tearful meltdown and is like, don't film this, which of course they film all of it. And is like, he basically just made it sound like I'm still obsessed with him and he doesn't want anything to do with me. And it's like so embarrassing that he's making me look like this. And David's like, well, that's what you need to hear. That's <laughs> so sweet, David. Um, yeah, she she has a really hard time with with this, and that's kind of the best she can get from him. Also, is that she's always like trying to like engage with him and even provoke him to get a reaction. Because when he's being cold to her, it feels like he's over her. But when he lashes out, she's like, "Well, maybe he wouldn't say that if he didn't still care on some level. Like he must have feelings for me if he's gonna lash out at me. You don't just lash out at people you feel nothing for." So this dynamic this that emerges is what makes it so profoundly confusing to learn that he cheated on her. I'm like, why do you think you're entitled to be so cold to her? Right. Well, because he's like, the, <laughs> the bigger problem is that she moved after I cheated. Yeah. He's like, she abandoned me. She moved away. She left me. And I'm like, you cheated on her? So... That seems like a pretty enormous, relevant part of this whole conversation. But it seems like she kind of accepts that framing, maybe because she's not mad anymore. She's decided she wants him back anyway, and he's the one who's still mad. She seems to internalize, like, I I left him. This, you know, we both need to make peace with our shit. She's like, I I wish I'd made so many different choices. I'm like, what about Blair? Maybe Blair should have made some different choices. I wish Blair had made some different choices. Also, like... Good for you, Ariel, frankly, if you wanted a different life for being like, I'm going to leave this relationship and leave my hometown and move to a place that I want to be and do a career that I want to do. Yeah. That's good. That seems actually healthy. But it it does seem to be the case that Blair doesn't really want Ariel to leave. Like when it comes to eliminations, he's usually a little bit defensive of her. There is some like care for her still. He doesn't want things to be this bad forever. And so ultimately, he's like, we've got to clear the air. We've got to get it all out there so we can heal. And they both cry and talk about how they felt hurt at the end of their marriage. And he's like, you left me. I felt so abandoned. And she's like, I wanted you to follow me to L.A. And he's like, yeah, but I just wasn't going to do that. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, you just weren't going to. Oh, okay. Got it. No, got it. Got it. Totally. Absolutely. Um, so so they get all that out there. He cries. She cries. They're like, I'll always care about you. It's a lovely healing moment. And then after this, Ariel is like, I finally have closure. I'm at peace. I'm over Blair. I'm really ready to focus on a new connection. Okay. (laughs) I accept how good it probably felt to have that conversation finally after he's been avoiding it and to get some like... I, too, have been through a really shitty breakup where I just wanted my ex to be like, I still care about you, so that I didn't feel like all of those years were for nothing in some sense, that, like, there was still the care that we spent all that time building for each other. That feels really good to hear. 
still seems still. super fast for her to suddenly be like, and now I no longer wish to be married to him anymore. I just like wanted more from this. Yeah, I was like, wait, say, yeah, say more, say more, say more about this emotional arc. Like, what? Because you didn't say that you just wanted you. closure with him. You said you wanted him back. So to say more she's about like, how that it. objective I'm ready, has I'm ready to date David, who doesn't want to date me. <laughs> you had an opening with David, and then Angelique Look, came in. I hope it was healing for her. Yeah, me too. She seems to still be having a good time in Los Angeles. I think that Ariel will be fine. I think she did just need to, like, find closure with Blair and date off of this show. Yes. Um, <laughs> it just happened so fast and was so underexplained. And so all these existing relationships have these weird reversals that seem to come from nowhere, but also there is the constant thread of them. Like Casey initially is really interested in David and then it's never really explained why she suddenly is no longer paying any more attention to David. And then we get a little focus on Ariel and how Ariel's not investing enough in David, but we don't really get anything on why Dee Dee is initially pursuing Blair and then suddenly wants David also or instead. I, I would, it made absolutely no sense. I was like, why, why, what happened with Dee Dee and Blair? I thought they were mutually into each other. 90% of the time when there is a, some sort of new love connection, <clears throat> it ends and no one says anything about why. Ever. Nothing is shown no. to indicate why. No. It's almost like no, it no, never no. happened. I went back to the beginning to refresh myself on their, their backstories and that's when I remembered that Casey even went on a date with David because... I know. Yeah, I had, <laughs> had no memory because it was so irrelevant. Right. It just completely goes away. So there's very little narrative cohesiveness in that sense. Like, none of the relationships... Yeah. would have loved, for example, an in-the-moment interview with Dee Dee where she's like, I was into Blair, but I'm really curious about David after this conversation that we had. Like... Yeah, Give I think me more. we get something from her about wanting like to explore more with little, David. One clip, but it's like after she's already started flirting with him. Right. I want to know like why she felt like not fully invested in Blair anymore or why she decided to branch out, even though she is really invested in Blair. It's almost like Blair just like drops off the map all of a sudden. That's kind of the level of incoherence sense. that we're talking about. Um and that also makes it hard, I think, to understand what the point of the show is, which we'll get more into yes. as, as we wrap up. But, like, if you're not tracking these relationships closely, then it seems like the relationships are not the point of the show. Because then maybe you would be following them. <laughs> I don't know what the point of the show is, but <laughs> no I am knows. enjoying it. I don't think they know. I think they're figuring it out as they go along. But... I completely agree. Should we talk about Takur <sighs> and Didi? Yes, we because keep promising this was, to. This was the absolute roughest relationship for me. I think probably for anyone who's been watching, like so much of the show is kind of placid, almost like normie drama. Like, okay, someone's being cold to someone else. Someone yeah. needs to have it out with someone else. Like, It really is just nothing... like being at a house party with two of your friends who recently went through a yeah, breakup. Yeah, a breakup. It's exactly. kind of the level that it's mostly at. <laughs> But Didi and Takor, Takor seems scary. Yeah. Scary. He seems scary. He That's is, the vibe. He is very unsettling. And I know that both you and I were like, why didn't he get eliminated? 
night one. And when I went back, I realized that he kind of plays it close to the vest, how scary he is at the beginning. By the first elimination, he's mostly... He has one concerning conversation with Dee Dee, but very few people, I think, see. Yeah, he's just keeping it under wraps better. It's clear to the audience because he's giving these sort of unhinged interviews where he's talking about how, like, he's only fixated on Dee Dee. He doesn't want her to talk to other men. And he's kind of saying some of that stuff to her, but it's not very public. Meanwhile, like, Brooks, who... (laughs) you know, is in a similar state of fixation on Casey, has this really, like, kind of intense argument with her, like a meltdown, because after she wins the challenge, she doesn't invite him on the date. And he's like, I put myself out there for you as a team, and, like, you just sliced me, and, like, that's fucked up. Like, you should look after me. Like, I should be your priority. And the other women are seeing this, and they're like, why is he talking to her like that? Like, he's making her feel bad for explore another connection, which is what we're here to do. The court it's takes so a little bit longer to, me. to show that more openly. It's it's so telling of the gender dynamics that, like, at least half of the men who are eliminated, the women are, like, for the safety of the group <laughs> and his former partner. He Maybe we should send him home. And on the for the guys, they're just like, well, that woman is not trying to bang any of us, so. That is honestly <laughs> so true. <laughs> I think Mims is the the only guy who, yeah. who gets targeted for elimination on that basis. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> everyone else who gets discussed for elimination is like, does his ex feel safe dating with him here? <laughs> or do we need to protect her? So, Takur and Didi... <laughs> have had this really painful relationship history. She is understandably, I think reasonably, I think correctly, very ready to move on. Takur mostly just seems fixated on making sure that she can't move on and that she's attached to him. He's like following her around the house, sitting next to her, pulling her aside to berate her when she tries to have a conversation with another man. Like, it's... Yeah. It is really a disturbing dynamic to witness. It's awful. And, like, he will admit to her and in his interviews, I'm the one who did the damage in our relationship. I cheated on her. I had an addiction, quote-unquote, to cheating. But then he'll also say, like, I resent her for leaving. Why? She should have left. Like, that was the correct thing for her to do. It's just, it struck me as such a classic manipulative man thing that's like, yes, yes, I did all these things wrong. I'm taking accountability. But also, I still get to control your behavior. Right. Like, you should have just stayed and taken it. Like, me taking accountability is not giving you your actual freedom of movement, your actual autonomy. It's about the fact that at least a few times, I said out loud, I did some bad stuff. Yeah. So that I should be the said, end of it. I said, I cheated on you, and that was and that my was fault. Bad. That, my bad. I totally <laughs> cheated on you. But you don't get to, like, do anything about it. You don't get to, like, leave or talk to other men. No. He, he like, accuses her of just being there for trashy hookups. He's following her around. He's demanding, like, 
that he should be her priority, like protecting his feelings should be her priority. They're divorced. Like they're not together. And he's someone who didn't prioritize her feelings or remain faithful to her when they were together. And now he's acting like it's a greater crime for her to just do normal things that single people do. Like, flirt and date and not prioritize their ex's feelings above their own. <laughs> it's just kind of upsetting to see Takor going around and then like getting close with Casey, like buttering up some of the other yeah. women. He also like very quickly within the first episode realizes that it's not going to be impressive to the other contestants that he is fixated on his ex. So he just starts to lie to everyone, just very casually. And, like, shocker, he's incredibly good at lying, convincingly, because he's a serial cheater. And he's just going around to everyone and being like, yeah, I'm really ready to let go of Dee Dee, and, like, I'm ready to date other people. It's time for us to move forward. And then he'll turn to the camera and be like, yeah, I'm just lying. I have no intention of giving her up. It's chilling. It's incredibly chilling. chilling. And (laughs) the problem is that I think that these people barely know each other. And so he says a few of the right things. And and enough of the women are like, oh, okay. Like, he seems to have a slightly better mindset than Brooks, right? He's trying. Like, he knows he has these feelings. He's he's acknowledging the feelings. He's sitting with the feelings. But he's not letting his feelings control him. Like, he's going to let Dee Dee go. He's going to try to move forward. Because that's what he told me. And it sounded very convincing. And so he escapes that first elimination. Brooks gets sent home. And and things just kind of escalate for a while with Dee Dee. Like, Takur is really trying to control her behavior. He's really trying to constantly hover over her so she can't talk to other guys. He's trying to make her feel bad for considering herself primarily instead of considering him primarily. And then it seems like he either decides he needs to commit harder to the lie about giving her up, or he does genuinely get distracted by the other women there. But he does start to turn his attention to Casey. Casey initially was into David and I think Dean a little bit. <laughs> Hard to yeah. track her relationship history. She's she's taken out, given everyone a chance. But, Casey really, she's open. He got to hand it to her. But she ends up feeling like she and Takur have a similar sense of humor and like they vibe really well. And she also wants to like kind of fix him. Like she's Casey. like, oh, as we talk, like he's had such a hard time like letting go of Dee Dee. But you can tell that she is really invested in seeing him improve yeah. from that. I'm and whenever she Casey sees for improvement, that yeah. It's just, I don't want to say that Takur is irredeemable we barely know this man but it is troubling to see how good he is at lying and manipulating people and then even when we're not seeing the full scope of that how can you really trust anything he's doing so when i see him winning over casey i'm like maybe he genuinely is into casey and is moving on but it seems of a piece with his whole approach which is just to keep switching tactics to stay on everyone's good side Right. I mean, yeah, we we always hope that people learn and grow and behave in in better ways for their own sake and those around them. But from what we've seen, it makes me nervous. Yeah. So before we wrap up, should we talk about the big question about the Big D, which is what is the point of this show? (laughs) Because this show doesn't seem to know. 
Yeah. Is it (laughs) to get over your ex and find a new relationship? Is it just to be in any relationship, maybe with your ex? If you're still into your ex, is that really bad? Or is it maybe okay under some circumstances? The goalposts seem to move because they're like, what you need to do is show how over your ex you are. But then also they're like, but if you both want to get back together, then like that's I, that's like good too, but healing. Yeah. Like Devin and Alexis at some point seem to just lock fully back in on each other. Like at first they're kind of like, we're here to like do stuff and date. Their heart isn't in it. They start to lock in on each other again. And it seems like everyone is just sort of like, they're over there figuring their shit out. Not our business. <laughs> Yeah, if they want to do that, that's fine. Good for them. And maybe, I mean, honestly, it's not anyone's business, but this is a reality show, so it is everyone's business. And I'm confused about what they're all supposed to be doing. Well, it's just weird because they keep saying what you need to do is show that you're fully moved on. Yeah, moved on from L- like in the real world. The obviously, if you if you if both parties in a relationship separated and they want to get back together, that's fantastic. Do it. If you both want to do it, yeah. do it. If you both want to move on, move on. Like, these are all possible pathways. But a reality show generally has, like, a goal that is stated, and we know where we're going to. So yeah. we're going to end up with one couple, but what's the measure of that couple? Is it just, like, they've shown the most growth, so you could do that in your old relationship? I guess too? so. I guess the thing that makes it confusing to me is that there are sometimes these shows where it's like, maybe you'll leave together. Maybe you'll leave with a new partner. Maybe you'll right. leave by yourself. Maybe you'll leave alone. And that can also be a really great thing for your growth and healing. And instead, they're sort of like, time for everyone to get over their exes and meet someone new. But also, like, maybe, maybe not. Uh, and that's also fine. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know the deal is like that just doesn't seem clearly articulated what the it pathways is n- nothing in are. this show is clearly articulated and that yeah. is the show's main problem because the the thing is that like <laughs> like 60 percent of the time when someone is still into their ex it is treated as like an inherent failure at doing the show right yes so <laughs> Like, it's not like they're looking at Brooks or Takur or Ariel, Ariel. And, and saying, you really need to, like, grapple honestly with the issues in your relationship and why your divorce happened. They're just like, get over your ex. It's over. That's what we're here to get do. Over get over it. it. We're Move over on. it. We're finding You really love. need to be open to new connections or you shouldn't be here. But Except then, <laughs> if you're Devin and Alexis, in right. which case, that's so great. Do your thing. We love that for you. Right. Like, you need to articulate to me the what criteria the for success What's here a little bit better. Just, we need to bring Dr. Jada back out to explain <laughs> it to us. Yeah, well, I'm still mad at Dr. Jada because of the whole thing where she looked at Dee Dee, a woman who clearly was treated like absolute shit in her marriage, and was like, if you can't like wholeheartedly recommend this man to an innocent new woman, you really haven't healed. And that's a failure on your part. All right, guys. Great job, everyone. Moving on. <laughs> Incredible job. Incredible challenge. <laughs> Love this for you. Uh, this is a therapeutic process that I would not feel comfortable engaging no, this, in. This show is, is not therapy, to be clear. No, it absolutely is um, not. 
it will not make you healthier, but I will keep watching it. And I don't know. I have been enjoying it. Yeah. Even though I don't really know where it's going or where I want it to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I, I am going to keep watching and see what happens. And uh, I'm wishing I'm wishing that everyone probably just move on leaves alone and moves on (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not really seeing anything percolating that seems like a successful relationship to me absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not but that's one thing that is not presented as a possible path to success it's not like too hot to handle you know where they're like oh maybe you're you just find the most fulfillment and growth on your own that's still valid that's so valid you're so valid it's like you just got a divorce. Um, you're not healed until you get until you get into a new relationship. <laughs> and I'm like, no, all these people need to not be with each other. Yeah, they need they need a lot of space. It's like they've yeah. been divorced like six months. Give them some fucking time. Oh the best thing to do when you get divorced is to immediately have to pick a new long term partner from like five <laughs> other people. And they're also all very recently divorced. Yeah, and still grappling with those feelings. Extremely good setup. <laughs> So we will watch the rest of this show with interest, and uh, it's nice to have something to to really liven up our, our our hump days. Exactly, I love that that classic hump day content. Yeah, even if it doesn't have a lot of humping. I feel like the it. Zoomers would love this show. The 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 uh, you know puritans because there there really is no humping. It's a very <laughs> there really isn't. And so the sexiest thing that's happened is someone treating someone else's sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, please keep sex off my TV. Gross. <laughs> and on that note, that's it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, spread the word to all of your friends about Love to See It. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at clareandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter rich text on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week. Stitcher. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.